Praise God. Well, it's good to see you all here this morning. Welcome to our Pray for One series. This is the last uh, message in the series. This is our seventh week. Hopefully you've enjoyed this and hope you got into a life group and are enjoying the experience. But just before I get into the Word of God, I hope, did anybody enjoy the presence of God, the grace of God during that worship? Was that just me that enjoyed that? You know, it's not just, you know, thank God. It's Thank God for amazing musicians. Um, and I, it's not that I don't want to compliment them. Bobby, you're awesome. But Jesus is like even a little bit better than Bobby, isn't he? And it's him ultimately that, and, and the grace of God. I don't know about you, but I, I hope. I hope that you've learned to experience the amazing grace of God and just allow his love. That last song, I wouldn't say every time, but most often when I hear that song, or especially when Dave is singing that, there's a line in that last song that says, I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. And that just so perfectly describes how I feel when the love of God is flowing through and just experiencing his love. The love of God is ultimately what makes life worth living, what makes life exciting. Ultimately, the love of God is why we're looking forward to heaven. You know, what's going to be so awesome about heaven? Well, I mean, really, gold streets? Is that really what's... There's gold streets on... There's things of gold, a lot of gold on the earth. Is it that awesome? It's not just... That isn't what's so amazing about it. It's the presence of God. It's the love of God that is so... Now, we can't experience that love here, but the Bible says we get a down payment, a small portion of it. And that small portion is enough to light you up, right? To experience his love and his goodness. So I hope that is your experience because in this series... Um, in this series, uh, this is the prayer that we're asking you to pray. Just to be really clear, there is always a focus to every series, and we're asking you every day of your human existence to pray this prayer. Hopefully, you've already been doing this. Let's just pray this out loud together right at the top. God, send me one person today to share your love with. One more time. God, send me one person today to share your love with. Now, hopefully, you're doing that. Hopefully, we're clear. That's what we're asking you to do. If you haven't done this, I know some of you are afraid. You're afraid to pray that. You're afraid what might happen. God's going to send you somebody, and you're going to be uncomfortable. You're right. All your greatest fears are going to come to pass, and God is going to send you somebody, and you are going to feel uncomfortable, and you're going to get out there and do it, and you're going to find out it's awesome. It wasn't so scary after all. Just get out there and express the love of God. So what am I expecting? As I pray that prayer, what am I expecting? What am I expecting to happen? If God's going to answer that, what am I expecting? Well, before I'm expecting a, a person, I am. I'm expecting him to, to bring somebody to, to my path that day that, that could use a boost. Inherently, love inherently. God so loved the world that he gave. Love inherently is giving. So there's an implication that there's somebody who's a little bit needy. Now, when we say needy, you know, that has like a negative implication, but hopefully you recognize that as human beings, we are all needy. We all have moments where we need somebody to give us a little boost, and it's often that God uses people to provide that in our lives. And so we're all in that spot occasionally. And throughout this series, hopefully we've been clear that these ones aren't just people out there, that, yeah, we're endeavoring to communicate the truth of Jesus Christ to a world out there. If it's not flowing through us to the people who are closest to us, this needs to flow through us to the people. If it's not benefiting our family, if we're doing this effectively, if we think we're, we're doing this effectively and our own spouse isn't benefiting, we're probably missing the mark a little bit because when the love of, if the love of God is actually flowing through you, by the way, according to my little chart here, who's the first one who, gets, who benefits from the love of God? Who, who, who? Doggone it. 
I tricked them the last two services, and they didn't get it. They went right to my number one. But actually, there's one before one, and it's me. Now, pray for one is anything but a selfish prayer. It is ultimately about sharing God with the world around us, but you can't share something with those outside without experiencing it yourself. If you were here last work, Mark, last week, Mark gave us this illustration of plugging into God, which we're to do, and then being that extension cord, which is a great illustration. God tells us that we are his ambassadors, that he's making his appeal through us. Well, it is ultimately about sharing it with that world, but it, you can't share something you don't have, and that extension cord stays full the whole time. And that is our experience and hopefully you've learned this. If you're going to experience and keep experiencing that, that amazing grace that actually just puts tears of joy on your face, you're going to have to, to keep giving it out. Hopefully you've learned this about your Christianity, that if you just and only keep trying to plug into God and you don't keep finding that outlet, you, you quit giving it away, you end up, I don't know exactly how it works. I'm not going to say God unplugs you. I don't know exactly how it works, but you end up dry and crusty. There has to be an outlet for this thing to work, and we're expecting the love of God. So what am I praying? I'm praying, and I am expecting for the love of God, this, the thing that makes life worth living, the thing that makes heaven heaven, to flow through me. Now, if you really see that for what it is, you wouldn't be afraid of it. You would not be afraid to pray that prayer. You would not be afraid to want to express that to people because it does. There's, I, I've, I've yet to have one of these experiences where the love of God is expressed through me in some way that I didn't leave, just, just encouraged in God myself. So with this, I'm just going to share two things with you today. If we're going to be effective at this, of sharing the love of God with this world around us, there's two things we're going to have to do. Number one is, everybody say, enjoy it. What is it? It, I mean by the, the grace of God through you, this love of God, it being your salvation, it being this, this walk of faith with Christ. If you're not enjoying it, you're probably not going to share it. How many remember the, um, the old days, you know, and some of you, this was like yesterday, you have to think, but the old days when you're at parties, you maybe shouldn't have been at, um, did you have a hard time inviting people to the party? I mean, was it really a stress? Did you, was it really hard? In fact, if you knew it was going to be a really awesome party, you tried to keep it a secret, didn't you? Because you knew it was going to be too crowded, right? So you kind of tried to keep it a secret. What is my point? it really isn't that hard to invite to a party, is it? And ultimately, now I'm not suggesting that everything in the Christian faith is a party, but there is a joy. There is a joy that, that becomes, and if you're enjoying the grace of God and you are living that experience, you are going to share it. You are going to invite people into it. There's a good chance if you've, Jesus, you, you've known him, had faith in him for 5, 10, 20 years, and you've yet to effectively ever invite anybody in, there's a good chance that you're not actually enjoying it because it is pretty natural to invite people into a party, to invite them in. It's just, it's just natural, and it's normal to invite people into what we are experiencing. So we need to learn, first of all, to enjoy it and then to share it. I'll get to sharing it in just a minute, but first of all, enjoying it. This is Jesus speaking. I just love just leaving those words in red. I still love the red letter Bibles. And so Jesus speaking, uh, talking to a crowd, and Jesus says, why do you worry about clothes? And all the women in the audience said, well, because we're women. <clears throat> that was supposed to be funny. You can laugh. All right. <laughs> why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. 
Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how, would you read these words with me? God clothes the grass. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Jesus here is trying to help these people. He's trying to help us, talking to us, trying to help us recognize that when you're in one of those encounters of experiencing life negatively, when he says worry, he's just, that's just a word that embodies all of the negative experience that people on this world experience. Worry, anger, discouragement, freaking out, all of the, all the negativity that this world experiences. Jesus is saying to his followers that I don't want you experiencing life the same way people of the world experience. And it's not going to be that, you're, that when you follow me, your sea is going to be calmer. If you listen to some preachers, they'll lie to you and tell you that if you follow Jesus, just pray this prayer, and I can guarantee you a smooth sea. That's God's plan for you. And if you pray and have enough faith, you can have the perfect life. No problems. Uh, After that, they'll tell you several other lies, because that is not true. That is not what Jesus guarantees us. In fact, you know what the greatest witness to a world that doesn't know Christ is? The greatest witness to a lost world is when they see you in the same boat that's rocking because the sea is, in other words, life, experiencing the same problems they are, and they're freaking out, and you're drinking an iced tea and enjoying the grace of God. You got a smile on your face. You got joy in your heart. You know like you know your name, that God's working this thing out. You know it. You, you, can't, shake, you can't shake it. You know it. Sometimes you're a little bit wondering how he's going to work it out, but you know that you know. And sometimes your greatest prayer is, God, it's going to be interesting to see how you work this one out. I just can't wait to see how you pull this one off, God. This is going to be cool. But that's your heart. That's your faith. That's, that's, just, that's the witness. And by the way, that's the way God wants it. It is never true that God wants you living this completely different experience. No, he intentionally puts us in the same experiences of people of this world. And here's the question. Here's the big question. Are we? Are we following Jesus? Are we experiencing life differently? Are we? Or, because this is entirely possible. It's entirely possible to have faith in Jesus. And if you died, your next breath would be in heaven and still at the same time experience life just as negatively as everybody else. Go through the same junk and be freaking out along with them. You scream a little louder. Ah! You just, just freak out along, along with the rest of the world. And then after you're done freaking out, then try your pray for one on them. <laughs> yeah, come to church with me. Really, yeah. Let me follow you. <laughs> That's not how it works. If we're not enjoying it, it's not just that we're not going to share it. If we did, nobody wants to come. Nobody wants to follow. You can't hide it. When you're really enjoying it, it shows up on your face. It shows up. You can actually sleep at night. It just shows up. And that's what Jesus is saying. This, this last line when he's looking at us and calling us little faithers, Everything he says to us, even when it's a little boot in your rear end, it's actually good news. Everything he says is encouragement. And Jesus, when he looks at you and calls you a little faither, he's trying to help you see that when you catch yourself in one of these negative tailspins like the rest of the world, catch yourself. 
Just grab yourself by the ear and say, wait, just hang on, little faither. And what is he telling you? Wake up to the fact that your God is so involved. Sometimes we get this wrong theology that, the, that in order to get God involved in our life, we have to pray perfectly. We have to live perfectly and pray perfectly. And if you, if you pray just good enough, you might get God off the bench into your game. Is, is that how grass gets God's involvement? Is it because the grass is up to date on its Rick Warren devotional? Is it because the grass is performing so well that God says, all right, you're good enough. A little more green for you. Is that how it rolls? No, he, God cares for grass because he's good, not because grass is good. And it's the exact, that's what Jesus is trying to share. Wake up. See, faith is just that switch that you flip. If you don't see, and that's why it's actually encouraging when he's saying this little phrase, you have little faith. He's trying to say, wake up. Just catch yourself, little faither. And this isn't a ladder. If you follow Jesus, he's saying, you don't have to get back on the ladder and climb to this place where you're back in God's blessing. Just flip the light on and that light comes on, faith comes on and you become aware God is here. I don't need to get him off the bench. He's here. He's helping the grass. He's actually helping me. I just was blind to it. You flip on the lights and you see, oh, he's here. He's taking care of it. And then you can chill with the grass and the flowers and the birds who are enjoying the grace of God. And when that's your lifestyle, by by the way, what's the point? Why am I sharing this? I thought this was a pray for one series, Pastor Brian. I thought we're supposed to be talking about reaching out. I am. But if we're not doing this, if we are not experiencing life different different than the world, we can forget about sharing it. We got nothing to share. Now we, as we're doing this, we have something to share. We're enjoying it. Let's go on. And Jesus said, so don't worry. Saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans? Everybody say, pagans run. There is the fundamental difference between a Christ follower and somebody who doesn't know him. By the way, when the Bible uses that term, that's just a term to to describe anybody who does not know Christ, doesn't have that, it doesn't have the lights on, right? It's not saying that they're, Wicked. It's, not, it's just describing somebody who doesn't have that faith. Now, here's the issue. And I wish I could say that this, it's always different for everybody, but as I've already said, it's possible to have faith in Jesus and still run. How many of us have proven that before? We've done it, haven't we? We just keep running. Now, there is, there's the difference. Jesus said that one of the fundamental differences between his followers and a world, see, pagans, people who don't, aren't following, they run. Why do they run? Because there's a lot to take care of. It is a heavy world. It is a dark planet. It is. There are, pro- there are tests and problems for all of us intentionally. God set it up that way. He wants it that way. He doesn't want your life perfect. That's what eternity is for. We've got one little vapor, one little chance to prove that we can trust God and believe God in a storm. And it's here. We have eternity to prove we can enjoy his grace in perfection. It's here and now. Some of us get that wrong and we think, well, God wants perfection here. No, he doesn't. He wants you to prove that you can trust him right here and right now. Let's go, little faither. (laughs) That's what he's saying. Wake up. Turn on the lights. All right, pagans run. We're not running, are we? We're not running. I I, I get it. We experience the same difficulties, but we're trusting. Pagans are running. What are we doing? We're trusting. We're trusting. And that makes, that doesn't make a little difference. That makes a monstrous difference. I was just talking to 
Matt yesterday in my office. We just we meet every week just to I'm mentoring a few young men in ministry and just talking to Matt and he just talked about the difference. He remembers just not so many years ago. He was running. Is it a little bit different today, Matt? <laughs> His life is so wildly different. And it's all by you just get in that grace and start trusting it. All right, I think we get it. So number one, we're going to have to enjoy it. And enjoying it is this, trusting in, everybody say big grace. Big grace. Big grace. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget. God cares for grass because he's good. God cares for me because he's good. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm going to experience eternity on his dime, not mine. Get off of your ladder, jump in the elevator. It works a lot better, all right? Enjoy it. Enjoy his grace. Enjoy it. And if we're enjoying it now, we've got something to share. We've got something to communicate. And by the way, if you are enjoying it, I mean, it's almost, it's almost impossible to be that selfish to truly enjoy the grace of God, which is why I, in each service, I spend a little bit longer on enjoy it than I planned because this has been my experience after 20 years of pastoring that the people who are actually enjoying the party are inviting to it. You can't stop them. You can't stop them. If you actually get this thing figured out and you really start enjoying the grace of God, you're living that party. You are inviting to it. Trusting in big grace, now we're going to share it. And what is the bottom line of sharing it? Now, again, I intentionally, during this series, asked both Tom and Mark to share because I want you to hear some different perspectives because there's going to be different ways that we communicate to this world, our experience, the love of God. There's going to be different ways, and you need to find yours. But here's, for me, this is my experience, what works best for me, that I'm endeavoring to communicate that God is good. I'm endeavoring to communicate that life is good because God is good. And quite honestly, I'm endeavoring, and, and that the way I communicate that is quite different with what I would call an outsider, or put it this way, somebody who I would call a stranger. If I just meet somebody for the first time, it's going to be, I'm not going to have that same conversation that I would have with somebody who is one of my pray for one, somebody I'm developing a relationship with or a friendship, an acquaintance I know well. It's going to be a different conversation. But how am I going to endeavor to communicate with, again, we'll just use the term outsider. Really, I'm more talking about somebody that I just met, right? Because um, all of our pray for ones are technically outsiders, people who don't know Christ. But in here, I'm endeavoring to communicate that life is good because God is good. All right, let me just tell you a quick story to illustrate this. You know, quite honestly, throughout this series, hopefully the stories we tell, it may not be the most impressive story, but I want to tell a story from this week and not go back and reach in from my mind. I've got, a, I've got a few awesome stories from two years ago. Some amazing thing happened, but it's about this week because this is our lifestyle. This is every day. This isn't about, you know, just having one story to tell from 20 years ago. But just this week, going through uh, shopping at Lowe's, and you know when uh, these when they're not busy and there's nobody in a checkout aisle, quite often the clerk will come and stand at the end of their checkout aisle. And so I'm done. And just, just to be clarified, uh, first of all, as I'm shopping at Lowe's, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying life. I'm enjoying, can you really enjoy life? Can you enjoy Jesus at Lowe's? You better wherever you go, wherever you're at. The Bible says, that's what, it, that's what the Bible says when it says to pray without ceasing. There's something going on between you and God. And it's just, it's just joy. I've been, people have said to me, Brian, you talk to yourself. No, I don't talk to myself. That's Jesus I'm talking to. <laughs> so bottom line, I'm enjoying, uh, I'm enjoying, and at, at, on occasion, uh, enjoying the grace of God. I might get a little too high and enjoying it, but I'm, I'm coming into this, this woman is standing at the end of her aisle. Her name was Patty. How did I know her name? Well, the word of the Lord came unto me. 
saying to me, look at her name tag. <laughs> Let's not get weird, all right? And so I came to there, and, and I just said, I said, she's standing there, and I said, Patty. I said, just this way, I said, Patty, are you waiting just for me? <laughs> she just kind of took her by surprise. By the way, I've tried that one before, and it didn't work very well. Don't try that with Leroy at Home Depot. That didn't work at all. Um, <laughs> Patty, are you waiting here just for me? She said, well, yes, I am. So that just started it on the right note. And we just had a great little, you know, little three, four-minute conversation. Now, for me, I try to find a way to work church into the conversation. Now, I understand that we're endeavoring ultimately to get people to Jesus. I understand that Jesus does exist apart from life church. I get that. But quite honestly, if you're looking at talking to somebody who's an outsider, there's a lot of steps, usually for most people, between where they are and a full surrender to faith in Christ, that is a journey. That is not a one quick, just one moment. There's a journey there. So I'm looking to endeavor to get them to a place where they can start that journey, right? So I'm endeavoring to communicate that life is good. I'm endeavoring to make a friend. I realize not everybody I meet can become my best friend, but most people, you know, our communities aren't that large. The same people we bump into, you bump into them again and again, And after a while, they figure out, wow, this smile must actually be real. There must actually be some some reality to their life. So I'm just endeavoring to communicate that. Now, I have some phrases that I've written down here. Last week, Mark gave you some things that he said. Now, we're not saying these are the magic phrases. Just say these. No, but have something in your heart. Have have something, a pattern, that words that work for you. And these are things that I say quite often. You know, just God bless you is something that will flow off my heart easily. I'm blessed. Somebody asks how you're doing rather than just saying, you know, good. I'm blessed. Blessed of God will come out. Now, here's one that might sound odd to you, but I have said this to just a stranger as, as if the conversation is in the right place. I say, man, isn't God good? You're kind of like inviting them into. Now, most of you would be like, that would give you a heart attack to say something like that. Well, just find something that's comfortable to you. But if you are enjoying the grace of God, find ways to communicate that. And again, I'm endeavoring to communicate that life is good because God is good. And as I, by the way, I didn't finish my conversation with Patty. So I'm talking to her and just to, you know, mention, I mentioned the church. And then in the conversation, I said, well, Patty, where are you from? Where do you live? She said, I live in Wyndham. I said, oh, Wyndham? I said, well, our church is in Gorham, but we have about 200 people that come to our church from Wyndham. I said, because we have all the fun at Life Church. And she said, you know you've got somebody when she said, really? <laughs> she just said that. She said, really? I mean, I could tell she was shocked. She's like, people come from Wyndham to Gorham? And you're like, what's going on? I said, yeah, we have all the fun there. And again, I'm just endeavoring to communicate that one little thing. Now, this is our third service. So Patty didn't make it this weekend. I was hoping. But here's the bottom line. If we'll keep living this and inviting this, Friends, we don't have enough room. God is at work. He is building his kingdom. Now, how we converse with people on the inside, people who are, you know, people who who don't know Christ yet, but when I say inside, I shouldn't say inside, people who are are pray for ones. Now, let's be really clear about pray for one. That phrase we use in more than one sense. Pray for one is, you know, the banner over this whole thing. But there are two distinct portions of pray for one. Pray for one is the lifestyle. 
of praying that prayer, God, send me one person today to share your love with, that lifestyle of communicating the love of God to the people around us, that's the pray for one lifestyle. Then we also have people, individuals, that we, re- we refer to as our pray for ones. These are people that we feel like God has put on our heart, and we take a certain measure of responsibility for them. Now, they're, it's God's ultimate responsibility. Everybody's salvation is up to God, but we feel like God has put them on our hearts. We're going to keep praying for them. We're going to reach out to them. These are the people we're probably going to invite over for a dinner at some point. Just get in their world, and again, we establish that friendship and then do what we can to invite them in. Those conversations are going to be different to somebody who's a friend or, or an acquaintance. Um, for, with these people, I'm going to ask some, some questions. Now, before I get to this, I just want to tell you another just quick story that just... I think it was Thursday that I was in Lowe's. And then on Friday, I'm over there uh, in the new office building working away. And uh, Cameron Day, you guys know uh, Chris and and Samantha and their son, Cameron. Cameron was walking through there. And uh, I just struck up a quick conversation with him. And I can't remember exactly how the conversation worked around to this. But Samantha was standing there with Cameron. And I'm talking to him, you know, just about his life, talking about his girlfriend. And, and somehow the conversation worked around to this. And I just said this to him. I said, Cameron, you know that all of the good stuff in life we experience internally. It's, it's internal. We experience our life internally. That's, where we, that's the cup we drink out of. And, and it's not all this external stuff. And Samantha was standing next to him, just you know, like, like elbowing him. You, hear, you listening? She handed me a five spot afterwards, by the way. Um, <laughs> And I guess I'm making, I guess I'm sharing that to say that don't make this huge delineation between, you know, this is all about how we communicate with those who don't know Christ. Cameron knows Christ, all right? But this is, let's just be clear. If you're in high school, you're a pray for one. (laughs) Right? Right? And if you're in high school and you're the starting quarterback at Bonnie Eagle and you look that good, you're a double pray for one because you're facing some temptation. Are we right? Okay, so again, I'm, we're endeavoring just to communicate that the good stuff is in here. It's, it's in the kingdom. It's in our hearts. It's in all the, all the stuff the world has to offer. It, it comes to a dead end. It all does, right? So again, we're just endeavoring to communicate that to the people around us, and God ultimately uses us. So these are questions comfortable for me. You find your own. But here's something I've discovered. I've discovered that people actually, a question that I, 10 years ago, I would have thought would have been the most awkward and uncomfortable thing, uh, just asking somebody, what is, how do you understand God? Or maybe a better way to say, what's your story? What's your experience with God? I've had people that I, are, are my prayer for ones, I'm praying for them every week, that I've sat down with, asked that exact question. And now these are not my best friends. Honestly, these are acquaintances that I don't, don't know that well. I, I know them well enough to, you know, be, feel like I have a certain responsibility in their life, but ask him that question. You know, what's your experience with God? And again, years ago, I thought, man, this is going to be awkward. And to my shock, I've yet to have, I, I can't say that. There's probably been one or twice that somebody wasn't so open with it. But 99 times out of 100, this peop- people are, are glad to talk about their view. Here's been, here's been a real eye-opener. Atheists are glad to talk about their view. There's nothing, there's nothing threatening about this question. Nothing. This is not, do you, have, do you have the correct view? Do you see the way I see? That's not what we're asking. We're actually asking them for their experience, right? And it, it's not all this agenda. It isn't all about an agenda because I want to hear their experience. I want to hear their story. 
And oddly enough, most people have a little God part of their story. Oddly enough, as I, and I have one person specifically that's a proclaimed atheist that I've talked to a lot. And oddly enough, I, I can't help but catching, like in every fourth interaction, uh, she throws God in there in a way like, ooh, the God I don't believe in, I meant. Um, <laughs> not, not in a way like she's having faith in him, but some God thing gets thrown in there. I'm like, hang with me, we'll get you there. <laughs> but my experience is asking that just opens a door, and then more often than not, it just leads to a place where they're open to hear my story. And let's be clear, I'm not at this point feeling, I feel no pressure. I feel zero pressure that I have to cram Jesus down their throat. But I do want to invite them to the party, and I hope this doesn't sound vain, but I know that I found what they're running after. I know it. I know it. I used to run there. I know what I, f- I know I found this. And here's the one thing I'm endeavoring to communicate. When it gets to that conversation and they're willing to hear my story, and guys, please, when it's your turn to share your story, whittle it down to two minutes at longest, Right? Get it down to 60 seconds. Here's the one thing I'm endeavoring to communicate. Now, before I tell you what I say, the backdrop of the, this is, you remember the, the story in the Bible where Jesus healed the blind man. The Pharisees came and they're kind of attacking. Well, they're attacking Jesus, but they're saying to this blind man, we know that Jesus, come on, tell us the truth. There's no way Jesus could have healed you because he's a sinner. And what did the blind man say? Jesus, the blind man said, well, whether or not he's a sinner, I don't know. I can't answer all your questions, but I know one thing. I was blind. What, how do you end it? Now I see. There it is. That's the one thing I'm endeavoring to communicate, and that's what I just share. I just share, you know what? There was a time in my life when Jesus Christ just walked in the door. Actually, he knocked. I opened it. He walked in. And this is a line I use quite often because it's just this real to me that whoever I'm talking to, I'll say this to them. You know, I really don't have the prerogative. I can't be sane and at the same time leave here and say, I don't believe in them. I can't. I don't have that prerogative. I don't have the prerogative to leave here and say, I don't believe in you because you showed up. Okay, you're here. I I can't say I don't believe in you. I said, really, my faith isn't so mysterious. He showed up. He showed up in a way that I cannot deny. And here's the bottom line, gang. Anybody, anybody, 100%, of the billions of people on this planet who have faith in Jesus Christ all came the exact same way. Nobody gets in as a result of some other human being pushing them. They get in as a result of Jesus Christ revealing himself personally. Now, I think we're clear. God tells us he uses us. He wants us to share our story. He wants us to share. He uses that. But we are not. We never get to close the deal. It's always personal. Jesus always makes it personal with everybody. We're just doing our part. And I'm just letting them know what's going to happen to them because he shows up. I feel no pressure. I'll tell them this. And if you're still wondering if he exists, just ask, just pray. Just say, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. And if you'll do that with an open, honest heart, if you really want to know, do you want to know the truth? Because truth is a lot of people don't want to know the truth. But if you want to know, he'll show up. He'll show you. And it's just that simple because people aren't going to argue with your story. They're not. I'm not going to argue with your story. Don't try. Some of you feel like, oh, I'm so nervous. I can't answer their questions. Neither can I. I'm not going to try. You know, like, like, I'm have to, like I have to know every answer to every potential evolution question. 
Really? I, I don't need, I don't know. How long, how old is the earth? I don't know, I wasn't there. I don't know. It could be billions, I, I don't know. God's been around a long time. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I have, don't worry that you have to answer everybody's questions. Just communicate. I was blind, now I see. He showed up. And if we'll do that, God, that's the amazing thing. God opens doors. God opens lives. And it is just the most profound thing to get on mission with him. And by the way, I think this is the next, yeah. Did I, did I skip this in the nine o'clock service, Tom, by the way? Doggone it. <laughs> Got to go back. Everybody go get the nine o'clock people and get them back in here. I, I'm supposed to end with this. And I didn't last service. Anyways, but you weren't here in last service. So what do you care? All right. <laughs> Everybody, has anybody ever looked at the back of your bulletin? This has been on there for like two years. I'm hoping you recognize this is our life. So our vision at Life Church is transform lives. That's our lives being transformed. And I've proven this. You can't get on this wheel and you can't roll with this and not be changed in the process. But this is a, this is a wheel that rolls. It's not just four things that we do. It, this, this thing rolls. It moves. Now, it starts with daily devotions. You, there's not one possibility that we are going to be communicating and fulfilling this mission if we're not getting into the Word of God ourselves every day. And throughout this series, I've said a couple things that you might misunderstand. Think, well, Pastor Brian doesn't think deep is good. Please understand me. Without getting deep into the Word of God, there's, if you don't feed yourself the Word of God every day, you have no hope of accomplishing this mission. Here's my problem with deep. I only have a problem with deep when deep becomes the destination. And I've seen for too many Christians, forget the rest, forget moving, forget the mission, I'm just going deep. And digging in that hole becomes their faith. It becomes their Christianity. Just one shovel deeper. The Bible was never the ultimate destination. It's our food for, it is the word of God. And it's our daily bread for the mission that he calls us to, life groups. I don't have time to preach it. Get in a life group. If you don't have some Christian friends to encourage you at the right point in your life, you're going to get bumped off the wagon. We all have some weird days where if you don't have a good Christian friend to grab a hold of you, how many know exactly what I'm talking about? How many have been tempted? How many, let's put it this way. If you acted on every stupid thing that went through your brain this week, you'd be in jail right now. Let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah, that's us. And so often, if you don't have somebody, that's what a life group is for. Grow, grow is ultimate. Grow isn't a series of classes. It, it is classes that have the purpose of getting you on one of the dream teams. The dream teams are all the serving teams. It takes over 100 people every weekend to pull this service off, volunteers who jump in, and we, they're just the people who are smart enough to figure out that this kingdom bus that is moving ahead actually has to be pushed. Yeah, there's, there's actual energy that causes it to go, and it's, it's us, I'm trying to be kind, but some of you, bless your heart, you've been with us for 5, 10, 15 years, and the best you'll ever do is roll down your window on the bus and look out at us and say, push a little faster. (laughs) And we're saying, get your buttocks out here and help us push. (laughs) There's work to be done. There's kingdom work to be done, and the joy is in the journey. It is. The joy is being part of the process, not just sitting on the bus. That's for... So I'll pray for ones. They come in and enjoy it, right? Pray for one is ultimately the way we describe the mission, okay? 
I mean, anything that fits under that, just, just sharing the love of God with this world around us, that's what it is. Now, here's my, you know, forgive me for anything I've said that may have sounded insulting towards deep. You're just misunderstanding what I mean. My, I mean is, let's keep it rolling. It's the mission. It's all about sharing this love to a lost and dying world. And if we'll keep that focus, we'll keep that clear, what the job really is, we're not going to get weird I don't know about you, but have you ever met a weird Christian? <laughs> have you ever been a weird Christian? <laughs> I've been one a time or two. A couple of those deep holes I got in, I hit, I hit a couple of weird things. <laughs> and you just, just want to teach everybody your weird stuff. Just let's, let's stick with Jesus. Keep this rolling and it works. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? I'm going to wrap this up. But I just wonder this. If you're here... And you've been, you would, you would classify yourself, just like I would, as a mildly hesitant, mildly fearful of sharing with the world. You'd, you'd be honest and say that that's, that's you. But throughout this series, here's, you know, this is the last message of it. You're, you're simply going to say, Brian, I'm going to do it. I'm going to join you, and I'm going to stretch. I'm going to stretch. I'm going to stretch myself towards sharing the love of God with a lost world. If that's you, nobody's looking around, but if that's you, would you raise your hand with me? How about this? Just keep your hands up. How about if, you're, if you'd say you're already doing it and you're with us and you're, you're gonna pray for one and you're gonna keep sharing the love of God. If that's you, raise your hand. Father God, I just wanna pray in Jesus' name for all of us as our hands are lifted. God, we want to be your vessel to this lost and dying world. Pray that in Jesus' name. Just put your hands down. Just really quick, there's somebody in here who you need to surrender your life to Christ right now. His reality is, he's real to you right now. He's knocking at the door of your heart. It's not me. And you're just sitting here with an awareness, a reality of God that you can't deny. He showed up right now for you. And you just need to say yes. Let's just all just repeat this prayer just to encourage this one. Just say this. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your sacrifice. You gave your all for me. Now I give my all for you. I give you my life. Fill me with your spirit. I want to walk with you. In Jesus' name I pray.